now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey, Adam. It's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about creative process and storytelling. We're back. It's been a wild, wild summer, and we're not even at summer solstice yet. It's not even the solstice, but Josh has already been in the Northern Hemisphere testing out his teaching prowess on the poor people of Europe. I went to the old country, Adam. I went to the old country. <laughs> I'm yes. coming to America today. Uh, <laughs> did I ever tell you to digress immediately? <laughs> yes, please digress. So I was in I was in New York City after 9/11, mm-hmm. and I got my uh, this call from my friend Nora, and she said, "Come with me. There's a show at Irving Plaza." And I'm like, ah, oh, it's late. I don't really want to go. She's like, no, just come. So I was like, all right. And I was like, who's the band? And she's like, they're like, they're called Super Diamond. And I was like, Super Diamond? What's that? And they're like, she's like, they're a Neil Diamond cover band. And, Whoa. I, <laughs> and I was like, all right. So anyways, I walk into Irving Plaza like halfway through the set. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they are true to their form. They're kind of like this wacky Neil Diamond cover band. Anyways, they're getting towards like the final like encore. <laughs> We're just kind of like hanging in the back. Like I'm just like sipping on some probably gin and tonic. And uh, they play Coming to America. And this was like probably like mm, six, seven months after 9-11 had happened. And they had a 20-foot... American flag that just rolled down on stage. Whoa. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I've never seen a place go more crazy at a show in my life. They started wow. singing Coming to America. Uh, people were really angry in that room and really mm-hmm. frenzied and really patriotic, which I understand mm-hmm. in light of the events. Uh, so that was... And uh, yeah, I'm really glad I went to that show. I can definitely say I didn't... I've forgotten many concerts I've been to. I did not forget Super Diamond. I wonder if they're still out. I, I would venture to say Super Diamond might be better than Neil Diamond. <laughs> Whoa. That's so interesting that, that we as a culture can be so hot on a symbol. It's a symbol. You know, it's just a, it's just a symbol. I remember sitting in, and this was like, this was like six weeks after 9-11. I was mm-hmm. in London. Talking to, oh, wow. I was talking to a friend who was German and they know a few things about nationalism gone wrong. And, um, <laughs> said he was, he was, we were friends and he was, uh, like six, four blonde hair, blue eyed, Aryan looking man. Good, really good guy. And, uh, he, he, he was, you know, they were watching like American sports events after 9-11 and there would be like Mm. they'd bring out like these giant American flags and they would drape them over an entire basketball court and there would be like an honor guard it was really pretty intense 
And he was like, you know, this isn't all good. You know, mm-hmm. like, and like the way the U.S. is sort of like treating everyone in Europe, like you have to just get in line and there's going to be a war now. And, and I, I think at the time I was like, I understand you, but I'm also a little like, you know, like it's, you know, this was not okay. And mm-hmm. think there need, you know, you can't do nothing was mm-hmm. my general view at the time. It's probably similar to my view now. Um, so uh, anyways, I'm glad we, Wow. Speaking of the old... <laughs> that, was a, that was a nice little digression. Yeah. Was, so I guess we're going to talk about uh, symbols and... Uh, symbols 9/11. and war and peace and uh, <laughs> amazing cover bands. Anyways, yeah. what happened, Josh? You went to Berlin. You went to Amsterdam. You went to Copenhagen. That's right. I did the ABC tour in that order, and it was fantastic. Um, it was just... I was met by such amazing, beautiful, lovely people uh, on, on every turn. Every turn. Um, uh, in Amsterdam, I did a workshop at OT301, which is a, a, a artistic creative space that's held by uh, people who do film, performance art, uh, aerial work, uh, spoken word, movement. They even have a cafe that they serve from. Uh, and that was, it was it was squatted actually. It was uh, it started out as a squat, um, nice. which is term- terminology that I was unfamiliar with before I left uh, for the. So that was really beautiful, and I also did something at a at a spiritual center uh, near Vondel Park. That was fantastic. And then when I went to Berlin, um, I was met by uh, people who um, are involved with the Agape Zoe uh, festivals, which is consciousness raising, uh, and it was being held at a venue that was held by, um, what's that place called? Uh, Doc 11. Uh, Doc 11 and Eden uh, and Doc 11 was also squatted right after the Berlin Wall came down and it's been owned and operated by the same family since and that's a beautiful space for artists artists, creatives I think it was really cool how you're just like I'm gonna go teach in Europe and and then you just did it yeah I just did it that was what I you're like a Nike commercial yeah there you go I'm just like a Nike commercial yeah Um, and then and then that was also like an amazing time and I got to meet this lady who works uh, sorry who owns Ponderosa uh, which is a a creative center for uh, for all the arts uh, just outside of Berlin um, on your way to Poland out in the woods oh and our friend our friend Harold from episode number what is that episode number I don't have an episode number but we had uh, Harold on Harold was the one of the founders and people at uh, Original Beans which is an artisanal cacao company they make a really nice chocolate they're based in Europe and uh, mm-hmm. Josh has a new best friend and they hung I out. New, <laughs> they hung we out. hung out yeah and so actually Harold serendipitously is best friends with that owner of uh, of Ponderosa uh, which is that performance art center outside of Berlin. So it's just crazy how all these uh, cross connections came. Um, and then uh, went to a sp- uh, open mic night in Berlin. That was amazing. Oh my God, that was such a beautiful... You know what, we'll post some pictures from this somewhere and people can see them. But it was like back in the 1910, 1920s where all the tables had their own little telephone. Oh, and wow. then you could talk... You could talk to each other via these phones that were still operating, and all the tables had numbers. They even had, are you ready for this, Adam? Probably They not. had a, a cigarette machine that actually was like a vending machine for cigarettes. It worked? That worked, that you could actually make purchases from Parliament wow. and American wow. Tobacco or whatever it was called. Yeah. Wow. I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen one of those in 
forever. I can't even remember the last so time. So I have a question second. about your tour of Europe. Do you attribute yeah. this to like, I asked the universe and put it out there and then the universe provided all these opportunities because it was my deepest intention? Like, like in the, uh, or, or is there an or on that one, Adam? Right. I just want to know how Josh Townsend is interpreting everything that happened in his astrological field. So I had... Uh, you, you, you want to know the truth, right? Yeah, I do. I want to know the truth. Yeah, okay. The truth of, of it is, is I had this really, like, mm, feeling, a, a strong intuitive feeling that I needed to go to those three cities. And then I, I also want to throw in Iceland. Like, I wanted to, I actually wanted to uh, do Iceland because I had some a vibe on Iceland that I was wanting. See, see and, you next time. Yeah, and so uh, and so then through a series of conversations, uh, I met, met it, mentioned it to a couple people, and this one lady goes, "Oh, well, I know someone in Berlin," and then once that was set in motion, then and I committed to to doing that, the Agape Zoe one. Everything else fell into pl- everything else. I was like, "Okay, I'm in," and then because of that intention, everything else fell into place. Like nice. stuff started, I started doing research in Amsterdam and Copenhagen. And, so I want to be started. clear that like, it wasn't like you did an enormous amount of work to make mm-hmm. this happen. Mm-hmm. How many emails do you think you sent? Oh, come on. That's insane. I have no idea. But, uh, t- yeah. You know, lot. I like numbers. Let's ballpark 300. No, uh, maybe a hundred. I would say closer to like 150 to 200 in terms of all the coordination. Yeah. Yeah. And how much like social media stuff? How do we quantify? Uh, that? Yeah, that's hard because that's just constant. That's a constant. That so I that do. was just constant, like messaging people being like, hey, I like what you're up to. Can we? And finding and finding the people that I authentically resonated with. Yeah, it's a lot of you know. research. Yeah. And so, yeah. And but I found some amazing uh, people doing amazing work. And then in Copenhagen, there was this uh, lady who I was uh, hoping to meet, uh, but she was up in Aarhus, Aarhus, which is about a four hour train ride. So I went up and I had the most beautiful experience in Aarhus. And in fact, I can't wait to go back up there. And that was a that was a hidden gem. That was something I didn't expect. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Her name is her name is Charlotte, and she works with performing artists. Yeah, you were really open. You just like follow the next thread. Mm-hmm. And what felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then and then knowing like also having that sense of like, yeah, you know, you know, putting keep putting it out there, and at the same time like not pushing. It's that's like a weird balance thing that I work with, which is being assertive you know, moving and moving the ball forward. And at a certain point, you kind of go, mm, this doesn't feel good anymore. And that's what happened with Iceland. It just didn't feel good. That's interesting. So let's, I want to ask a question about that, which is, so you entered it, you're like, oh, I really want to go to Iceland. Let's do Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. And there was a mm-hmm. point at which you're like, eh, this doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah, basically, yeah. And so, you know, that's also part of the, my creative process, you know, which I refer to as shedding. Um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, put the clay on the table, have all your ideas, and at a certain point, you have to start editing, you know, letting stuff go. So the other stuff... Cutting can... stuff because it doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah, it's the same thing they do in the, um, uh, when you uh, have fruit trees, you know, and you have all those little blossoms come on the tree. You can't let all the blossoms go to maturation because the tree won't be able to support it. So you have know. to... Yeah, 
So you have to cut off enough so that they're, the ones that are left are, are really yummy. Wow, this sounds like a little Darwinism. Oops. Anyway, but yeah. Wow. So we were going to talk about something that you, I know, think a little bit about. is like why people have trouble starting. And I think this mm-hmm. is a good way in because maybe I could ask, a, how did you start on this European teaching tour? Like what was, like what was the first, how did you get going? Feelings. Nothing, nothing more, more than, than feelings. feelings. It was it, it was a feeling. It really was. Um, uh, that's how it started out. And then I, I had other things that happened throughout the months that kind of helped push me along in terms of um, certain projects working out, other projects not working out. You know that kind of thing. But but and then and then deciding I was going to dedicate uh, May uh, to be uh, Jupiter. You know, Jupiter energy. Expansion, pure expansion. Pure pure expansion. Yeah. So, had there been other (laughs) times in your life where you'd had a hard time starting? Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, like up until like last month. Yeah. (laughs) Like the first (laughs) 30 years. (laughs) The first 30 years, yeah. what, yeah. ha- what happened yeah. then? Jupiter was not around to save you, or yeah, what? Yeah, Jupiter. Jupiter was. Uh, yeah, wasn't in the expansion. What's the What's house. the contracting planet? If Jupiter's the expanding planet, is there not one? Saturn. Saturn. Oh right, Saturn return. It's like yeah, 20, tra- 27 and a half year cycle drags yeah. you down. It's it's the harsh teacher. Let's just put it that way. It's the harsh teacher. It's the one that rules time. And so everything with, you know, uh, Saturn is going to be about being exacting, being on point, you know, showing up at a certain time. Like you can't be late with a with a Saturn teacher. Wait, because I feel like also you have an unwritten rule, which is like you should never date someone who's in Saturn's return. Oh, oh, Adam, you're so much fun. Like 20. What is that? 27 to 29? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I, 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 it's a firm and fast rule for me. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, because why? Because that person is what? Contracting or cha- shifting in their energy? The, uh, their soul's life lesson is coming up for them, and they're going to be going through a lot of changes. So if you're looking to, you know, uh, they're just going to be going through a lot of changes. And so they most likely won't be the same person before and after that experience. So if any listeners are dating someone who's 28 <laughs> years old, it's Ovis. <laughs> Basically, you're, gonna, you're dating Charles Manson, yeah. you don't realize it, and in 18 months you will. Sorry. <laughs> You'll be like, wow, what the hell happened? You're yeah. Like, Go ask mm, Alice. Go ask Alice. Um, and then, and then uh, one of our dear friends, uh, well, actually several of our friends uh, were uh, in Europe at the same time. Oh, so yeah. Our friends Ali and Lona were there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and Anne and Randolph. Anne Randolph was in Europe too. I heard from her and, the other day. Um, and then Mr. Kaipacha himself, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Pele report from uh, the Yoga Oasis days in Hawaii. He was oh, there. I saw him give a talk. And then a guy named Mel, uh, who you may have met or not, but he was there. I mean, it was like crazy the amount of people that were... Uh, and I met a, a, an amazing performing artist named Katie Duck. She's like phenomenal. I, it's just it was just amazing and agape zoe as an organization is the best right so uh, let's talk a little bit about when people finally get started right do you want to talk about first like what to do if you can't get started that's probably a better starting like, place 
I, f- I feel like th- one of the most important things in this area is knowing who you are. You know, just self-assessment and know, are you someone who's like Saturn or, or Jupiter? Do you need to have really rigid, hard rules and, and time frames that you have to work in? Or are you more like a person who just needs more like inspiration and then you can kind of go with the flow? So I would, I would reduce that to open and closed systems. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so let's talk about open and closed systems. Why don't you, or maybe I'll talk about it a little bit. So closed systems, as you imagine it or conceive of it, is like people who need to set strict rhythm, like strict scheduling. I'm going to write every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 8 a.m. to noon or whatever. And mm-hmm. by in three months, I'll have a draft of the screenplay. And then at six months, I'll do a rewrite. I'll have the rewrites done, and then it'll go out. And these are the competitions. I'm gonna, see, you know, that sort of like linear thinking, mm-hmm. project management planning. Mm-hmm. Open systems is more like, well, what sort of inspires me and feels interesting, and I'll work when I feel sort of connected to my creative energy, and I will engage from that place of like anything's possible i could work all day today or i could go for a walk and explore Mm -hmm. some other something else you know music Mm -hmm. i could go look at some art i could cook you know like i work when i feel intuitively is the right time for me is that Mm -hmm. is that how you think of it yes and i want to throw in one caveat to what you just shared and that is the person who works within the open system needs to have just as much discipline as the person who works within the closed system. I was going to say, because I know a lot of people who have behavior in the open system and they don't do much in terms of actually getting anything done. Right. And so that's the, that's the misconception. The misconception is that, oh, I'm totally free flow. I go with the flow. And that's, that will not produce results. There needs to be an intention. There needs to be some kind of like parameter whatever that parameter is. But it's like if someone's like in a process and they get inspired, then yes, that, that session, that creative session could last 20 minutes or it could last five hours, right? Because it's an open system and it's going to take as long as it takes, like childbirth, like, like planting, like doing anything like that. Um, however, if I, go, if I work for five minutes and nothing's coming, right? And I go, oh, you know what? I need a, a walk in nature. I need to go make a meal. I need to go listen to music and be inspired, Okay. And then I go off and do one of those things. I get inspired. This is where the discipline comes in. I need to then go back to my original intention with that session and get back to work and infuse my work into it. And that's where most people who work with open systems uh, uh, fall short. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I firmly, like, I kind of agree with you. I, I feel like at some point it becomes semantic because... No, it's not semantics. It's actually about having the discipline to go back to your original art form, the original project that you're working on after you achieve your inspiration and and start again. But I think like good creative process behavior is just having the capacity to do both, to have open time and to also be willing to like show up and do the work. Um, I know you don't like schedules, but like... It's it's the self awareness to be like okay I'm working regularly now and now I need a break to go resource myself somehow and then I'm going to come back to it and it's sort of like being willing to be open at times and being willing to like like get down to brass tacks and and work at times and I think that's what it is for many successful people right it, it's both. 
but most people have a tendency to want to bend to one direction or the other. Yeah. And, and to and to frame it for yourself so you're not making yourself crazy. That's basically what it's about. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes... I think the reason people bend towards the, a closed system is because if you go awry in a closed system, at least you get some work done and you you might burn out, which is always a risk, but you will actually show up repeatedly. And in my experience, when I show up repeatedly, something of interest will come. Whereas if you go off awry on an open system, that approach, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you get nothing done except regret because you never actually get back to... Like right, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying that that discipline aspect is just as important in the open system. Uh, and that's why that's why I feel people, you know, have have like a misfire. Yeah, and it's hard to know like what's going on if it's avoidant behavior, or mm -hmm. if it's like actual. You know, they just don't have the discipline, and I'm not sure it really mm -hmm. matters in the end. But like. It, there's an open, it, there, there can be in that space, I think, a little bit of an easy way to become avoidant and be like, well, I'm going on artist dates with myself and I'm, I'm going swimming and I'm in nature and these are the things I need to do. On the flip side, if I guess I would think about it that way, like if you go off in the wrong direction in an open system, at least you had a good time. Whereas, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I went to a bunch of galleries, saw a bunch of movies, hung out uh -huh. in nature. I mean, you kind of had a full life, you know? You yeah. Didn't, you didn't do mm -hmm. that creative work that you were, wanted to do and actualize yourself. But if you go off the deep end in the wrong direction in a closed system, then you end up just like tight. But then you have a body of work, which is probably less deep and nuanced than it could be if you gave yourself time. Mm -hmm. um, but you know you'll get something you'll get something there, and uh, I guess it comes down to integration, a word you really like. Like, can you yep. can you figure out a way to do both? And you need exceptional self awareness because you need to really know. Okay, I've had enough of going down this road. It's time to go down this road and to sit. And I think that if there are emotional underpinnings that you're trying to like avoid a little bit like mm -hmm. there's something mm -hmm. scary about starting you're afraid you'll never be able to actualize what's in your head it's scary because you think you might fail you feel like maybe you don't have the ability to execute on a long-form project there are a million things you're mm -hmm. a perfectionist so it's easier not to start than to actually deal with the reality that what you'll produce is probably like 60 percent of a, as good as what you um what you did i heard something really mm -hmm. good recently progress over perfection which i think is Something yeah. someone could put on a really cheesy poster if they wanted to. <laughs> what uh, with a picture of like a bridge and something like that. Like a yeah. half-built mm -hmm. bridge and like someone falling yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Someone we're, 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 like a car, here. a car plunging to its death. Progress over perfection. Or, 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 or just teetering right there because the bridge wasn't yeah, done. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the yogic world, they say, you know, we're not here to prove. We're here to improve. Oh boom! Oh, I like that one Slam too. dunk, improve, and within the M is the I am. So, and you know that's the original state. So, so here's my question: If you're mm -hmm. like an open system kind of person, mm -hmm. also open systems tend to be regenerative, and closed systems tend to be um, not regenerative. That's true. That's yeah. True. Um, and I think just I think what Joshua is getting at is like if in an open system, if you are taking time 
to explore are really, I think, from a neuroscience perspective, different parts of your brain, visual, auditory, sensory, as ways to sort of become more sensitive to the world. Those activities think like a walk in nature, a massage, uh, looking at art, um, listening to beautiful music. Those things from a brain perspective tend to rest your brain and bring mm -hmm. them more energy so that you can then be more creative down the line. Uh, how, so to the open system people out there who are having trouble starting, mm -hmm. how do you get them to return to the project at hand? If you're at, um, depends upon where you are in your, in your creative process, I would say. Uh, in terms of starting, Well, the first question is pick your project, because people in open systems tend to have a lot of, a lot of projects in, in the hopper. Yeah, Jessica Abel uses this term idea debt, which I like. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, like you've got twenty ideas and now you owe on all of them, but you don't really right. want. To, it's harder. It's easier to live in the space of idea debt than actually pick one and and go through the process. Yeah. So yeah, I think sometimes I mean we've talked about this before. I think often it's important to have a something that sparks you in inside about a project. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we did an episode about this, about being accountable and how you choose the project, but a couple episodes ago. But I think also from your own development perspective, it's almost as important as well to commit to a project as it is to have the perfect project. There is no perfect project. Projects you think are amazing at the beginning, sometimes down the road, three months are incredibly complicated and difficult. Things that you initially sometimes were like, ah, oh, maybe, can sometimes open up and become really interesting. So it's really your willingness to like show up and be creative and to see what the next step in the process is that's most important. And ultimately, all, all projects are really opportunities to work on yourself. Because it doesn't make a difference what project you pick, you're going to hit the obstacle. You're going to hit the resistance. And that's going to be based on you. Yeah, and it's weird so, because... The choice to start is not like the only choice. Like there are three months down the line, there's just going to be another choice you're going to have to make. And sometimes I see this, see this in people's careers like, oh, they decided to write a book and now the book is written and now they have to make a new decision about like, do I then, like it gets published and now do I, now what do I do with it? How do I market it? Should I turn, should I try to work with someone about optioning the, the movie rights? Like the, 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 am I capable of then writing a screenplay from it? Like the, the questions and the choices tend to, tend to just multiply. Um, and so starting is just like one choice. Similarly, as the choice not to start is just another choice. Like it's just another it's a, choice you're making. It's just like going to Europe. It's like, you know, I could have spent that same month here, you know, spending that same amount of time and same amount of money um, doing something else. That's true. I could have. You could. Yeah. And, and so it's, it, these are all choice points. And so at one point I make a choice and at one point I'm fully committed. I'm in. So it doesn't make a difference if someone says yes or no to a meeting, which is a very interesting thing because I'm so committed to this thing. If someone says no to a meeting, I go, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I move off the point and I go to the next thing or the next person or the next That's opportunity. Smart. That's really smart. Just like, 
And that's a good lesson for people in terms of getting their work in the world of just like, what's the next place I can do, I can put yeah. this out. Like not worrying about so much, oh, this person said no, because you know, you're gonna hear a hundred no's. I just wanna put in one pitch because I see this a lot sometimes with people I work with, hmm. is that like the hardest part sometimes is starting because there's no momentum. But mm -hmm. once, once you get through that first couple weeks of a project, things start to pick up a little bit. So if you know there's something you want to do and you really want to kind of like, you're just really stuck, that's a time where I think you can be a little closed system-y where you just say, okay, Thursday, Friday from 8 a.m. To, to 10, I'm meeting up with this friend. We're going to jot notes about this project and I'm just going to get myself in the seat and working on it for these two mm -hmm. sessions so I can at least start to get out of the headspace of like, man, it would be so cool to write a screenplay, bro, into like, mm -hmm. I actually mm -hmm. started to like put down, you know, put those clothes on and see what they look like. And so I think so sometimes you, you have to do that. Sometimes I call that priming the pump, right? So sometimes, you know, if there, if ain't, if there ain't no flow, you got to somehow get that flow going. And that's what priming the pump means. And this and sometimes. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, please. No, I, please. I'm saying that's why people take classes. They take classes. They go. You know, you can do something very uh, on track, which is take a class, or like what you just said. You know, give a to-do list or make it doable. Or you can go for. I'm going to go to a museum and I want to get inspired. And then right after the museum, and here's the discipline. Right after I come back from the museum, I want to work on that project. Yeah, I think Whatever one of the form that takes. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I sometimes don't think about is I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll start looking at the artists whose stuff I really love. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I'll start going back to some of those books that I love reading or screenplays I loved just to feel inspired about what's possible. Similarly, sometimes I'll read books about or watch documentaries about artists, writers, musicians, just to remind myself like, oh, you know, this is, this is how other people have done it, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get going. Yeah. Like I was in a cafe in Amsterdam. Yeah, I was in a cafe in Amsterdam and on the table there was what appeared to be like a letter, but the letter was severely redacted. So and it was framed. It was a piece of art. Um, and what they had done is they had re they had redacted, blacked out a bunch of words, like 95 percent of the words to reveal a couple of short sentences that that told a story. That's super cool. That's it also so, really hard to do. Yeah. And that inspired, like, you can hear it in my voice. Like, I got so inspired by that. I'm like, right on. It's like, it's like the message within the message, you know? Yeah, you're like, you know, oh, this is possible. Like, someone else did it, you know? Yeah. And it just, it just made me feel good about art and life and, 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 and making discoveries and all that good stuff. And so I'm like... So that was like a good example of being open-ended. Like I went to a cafe, which, you know, wasn't exactly a meeting, but I got inspired. Yeah. And it'll, yeah. Inform, my it'll inform my work one day. I'm a big fan of new visual space and new environments. Mm -hmm. And so in your museum example, like I do feel like take your notebook and just see for 10 mm -hmm. minutes, like take, like give yourself an opportunity to like make it creative, you know, for you, if possible. <laughs> Without the pressure, but mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. this is why people have offices and co-working spaces and go to coffee shops and have artist studios and have recording studios is like just it's it's just a cognitive cue like, oh, new space, new activity. 
And, you know, I, I love that you brought that in because I just came back from Europe and I spent, you know, a month traveling around. And I find it amazing that people go all the way to Europe so they can sit in a Starbucks or go to Burger King or whatever it is. Because we're, as people, we want both. We want the familiar and we want the adventure. We want, you know, we want both. We want the comfort of... Uh, well, know. I think it also, yeah, and it speaks to safety. And sometimes when you start a new project, you have to be willing to like step out of your safety zone mm-hmm. into something that is potentially frightening. Yeah. And so finding that balance, again, finding that balance that works for you and where you are in your creative process. For so, yeah. sure. Well, open, jo- and close, open and closed systems, man. Joshua, yeah, look for it. Check it out. so glad mm-hmm. you're back. Our listeners are happy you're back. I'm speaking <laughs> on behalf of all of them. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um, it's awesome. We look forward to all the insights that you've gleaned. You're teaching at Hollyhock in less than one month. Yeah, yeah, July, July 3rd. So come join me at Cortez Island. The nature, the beauty, the food. I'm, I'm such a foodie, but the food is amazing. It's like, it's like homemade food, uh, and it's presented beautifully. And it's, well, it's like, well actually, it's, it's better than homemade food because someone else is making it for you and someone else cleans up. I like that part. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and and it's on an island in the middle of you know British Columbia, north of Vancouver. It's like there's nothing not to love. It's, love it. Yeah, yeah. Awesomeness. This has been notes on your notes. Facebook, Instagram, like us. You'll get all of our episode reminders on those platforms. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Always appreciated. Send us an idea for a show. We sometimes do them. Notes on your notes at Gmail, or if you just have a question, want to reach out to us. We are here. The sound on the show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, and the editing and design is courtesy of me. We will talk to you next week.